Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. It's three minutes past the hour. Thank you so much for joining us. And as I say every week, the reason we say the hour is because the show is replayed many, many times. So therefore, to say three minutes past 12 would just confuse people on a Sunday morning. So uh, welcome to the show once again. Today we've got a topic that is very, very relevant, and it's not only relevant for today, but it was relevant in the past, it will be even more relevant in the future, and that's the topic of solar energy, whether it is for heating your geyser at home, whether it's large commercial parks where um, energy is pumped into the grid, or whether it's the German model where there's solar on almost every surface, even though they don't have too much sun in winter, and energy is fed into the grid and people get rebates on that. It is a resource that's there. From what we understand, it's not going to disappear anytime too soon. Um, as long as uh, the sun is still around, we will have solar. And there's no one better that I know of than Peter Frolic, Frolic sorry, to discuss it with us. Peter, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you. Great. Peter, let's start before we get into the nitty-gritty of who you guys are and what you do. And let's just take a step back. I remember about... Eight, ten years ago, we were busy with a construction product project, and I turned around to my architect and I said, I'd like to go solar. And uh, the architect who happens to have an Israeli connection, and the reason I mention that because solar is a very big thing in the, in, in the Middle East yeah. and even more in Israel, he said to me, it just doesn't work. It's not advanced enough. It's, it's not worth the headache. Let's just leave it. And that was the answer. He was the authority. He he knew what he was talking about, and we left it. If you drive past my house today, there's a big 500-liter solar panel. I mean, Giza with uh, four or five panels on the roof, and it's still a moot point whether it works or not from an mm. economic point of view. But the bottom line is that went up about five years ago. So it took three or four years from being a nothing and not being worthwhile to being very, really, very uh, relevant. How's it worked in South Africa? How has this growth come about? Okay, so the first thing that, that I wanted to sort of just clarify is that, you know, a lot of people get confused about what solar actually is. And there are quite a few um, parts to it. The, the traditional thought is it's a geyser on your roof um, that absorbs the heat energy of the sun. Right. Um, that is a big component of it, and there are a lot of people who understand how that works. But where we, we come in is solar photovoltaics, which is taking energy from the sun and converting it into electricity. So that electricity can be used anywhere in your house. You know, you, there's a lot of talk overseas, particularly with companies like Tesla around batteries, and, you know, those are all linked. Um, so in, in our context, we specifically um, talk about grid-tie solar solutions, which is when the sun is shining, it's making you um, money through saving you electricity. And so what we're doing is converting the power of the sun into a storable um, unit and that can then be used elsewhere. Yes, yeah. So you can, you can store it through batteries. Um, the, the big driver in South Africa in term, from an economic point of view, which makes these things viable is the cost of electricity. So funny enough, right now it doesn't make sense to store electricity, uh, in batteries on, in a small scale. When I say small scale, I'm talking about anything that sits on top of a roof in a city. Uh, you know, when you talk about large scale, um, generation like ESCOM, etc., you know, you, there, it's a different story. But, you know, in your home, in your office block, in your factory, it's still much cheaper to buy electricity from ESCOM than to store it in a battery. So what we do is that when the panels are exposed to the sun, they make electricity that you use every day. But when the sun goes down, they switch off. 
Um, and it's far cheaper to do it that way, and you actually get much better economic returns by employing that system. Okay, so the logic is that w- make hay while the sun's shining. Correct, Even yeah. To use the cliché term is yeah. that once you have the sun available, use it, and if not, switch back to ESCOM's generated power and, and use that. Correct, yeah. So that's the power is fed directly into the unit that is using it, whether it's a factory or an office block. Correct, yeah. Okay. Let's then just talk briefly about the structure of your company, and after the break, then we'll go into it in a little bit more detail. Sure. How did you guys come up with that deal? I'm sure it's been around forever, but where was this germinated? How did it grow? So um, my background was in um, energy management and financial services, which is quite a, a nice mix. So um, I actually started a, a solar EPC, which is engineering, procurement, and stru- construction company, uh, just over two years ago, where we install um, solar panels on people's roofs. And we found that, that there was a, a lot of interest, and people were very excited, but not a lot of money available to install these things. Because typically, I mean, our smallest plant is half a million rand, going up anywhere to 50 million rand. People don't have that kind of cash lying around. And that's when we started Ness Investment Holdings, which is a company um, that finances these solar projects on roofs. And, and that's the sort of very brief history. <laughs> and and let's just, let's just um, separate the wheat from the chaff immediately. Yeah. We're talking about commercial product, projects, not residential Correct. projects. Correct, yes. Okay, so for me to spend half a million rand on my home to get myself off the grid, and you say not even totally off the grid, my no, return on yeah. in investment is about 30 years, 50 years. Yeah, it's it just doesn't not worth sense. it. It doesn't make sense. Okay, yeah. so we're talking about brick projects here. So mm. we're really looking for those people who are huge users of electricity, um, have large surface areas in which, you know, panels can be installed, et cetera, et cetera. Great, yeah. Just before we go to the break, uh, a bit of a loaded question. This technology is not new. Mm-hmm. Where did you guys go to? In other words, where was the go-to place to to look what they're doing and try to replicate it over here? Well, the Internet's an amazing thing. Um, I learned 90% of what I know through the Internet. Um, you know, and it's about finding the right technology, um, and you'd be amazed what YouTube can teach you. But, <laughs> you know, that's that was the start. And then, obviously, as we grew, you know, we're doing a project with 2,000 panels at the moment. And that, you know, you, you need a little bit more engineering. And fortunately, my engineering background helped me with that. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9. IFM. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. If you've just joined us now, we're very, very excited because the topic today is solar energy. And really what we're talking about is larger projects where this particular organization takes sun, converts it into energy, and uses it right away. So, Preda, let's just talk quickly about the structure of the company because um, in the body of the information that was sent to me, there was quite a bit about tax rebates. There was quite a bit about BEE. So let's get those two issues um, you know, down and understood so we can move on to a little bit more exciting stuff about how one actually does what you guys do. Mm. Okay, so Nessa Investment Holdings is what's known as a Section 12J VCC company. Now, that sounds like a lot of uh, letters and numbers. Uh, let me tell you what that actually means. So uh, the 12J companies, as we call them, are an incentive by SARS to get investment into the local economy. And the way they, they sort of um, get people to invest in these companies is by giving them a tax rebate. 
So uh, they're designed more for your high net worth individuals and companies. But let's take an example. You're a high net worth individual. You've got a tax problem. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but most people I know don't like paying tax. Um, the if, last if they time I checked is saying that, yeah. 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 So, Not high up on the list. <laughs> so if you've got um, a million rand and you invest that million rand into the fund, you can write off that entire investment against your income tax which effectively means that you get paid 450,000 rand, if that's your marginal tax rate, on day one, which is, you know, if you're talking about um, long-term investments and returns, having a a 45% payment on day zero is, you know, makes a huge difference to the returns that you get out of your product. So, you know, we encourage investors to come into the the fund and put money in. Once they've um, given us money and, and we've gone through all the paperwork and issued the shares, we then deploy those or that, that income into sorry, not income, the funds. the funds into solar assets which we then rent to people um, over a long term period because solar systems are long term investments typically your uh, life of a project is between 25 and 30 years. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit hmm. Who's the rentor? Who's the rentee? Who who owns the asset? Who's generating income? Yep. How does that flow work? Okay, so um, there the are two sides to this. There's the investor who puts money in, and then there's the deployment of the assets. So if we want to talk around deployment of the assets, uh, I give an example, a, a shopping center. Right. Um, you know, take your nearest shopping center down the road. They put uh, – well, they show interest in, in solar panels, Um we then installed a system on the roof, and Ness Investment Holdings owns that system. That system generates electricity, which reduces the um, municipal cost uh, to the shopping center. The, the reduction in cost um, is greater than the rent that we charge them on a, um, a monthly basis. So, you know, to put it in a sort of summarized way is to say, We'll put solar on your roof with no capital cost to you, and the rental will be less than the savings that you generate from that system. So let, let's use let's use numbers. Um, mm. Forget about the capital cost, because yep. quite frankly, I, as the building owner, don't care. That's yep. your issue. Um, the rental for the panels is 100,000 rand a month. Yeah. Um, my electricity bill is uh, 400,000 rand, and we've worked out, barring um, some you know, billing issue mm. that I'll be saving myself 150k a month. That's correct. Right. Yep. Who gets the 50k? You do as the shopping center owner. Right. Okay. So mm. you guys have got an income, um, and that's almost who pays? Do I pay it to you directly as a shopping owner? Yeah. Owner? So it's a rental model. So okay. it's, it's like um, renting a printer for yes. your office. Exactly the same model. You pay us on a monthly basis for the equipment. Great. And if it's not working, you come and fetch, fix it. Great. Yeah, we have performance uh, okay. agreements and SLAs. Uh, we ensure the, um, the plant as well as maintain it for the full 10-year life. Okay. Right. I, I sort of pulled you off there. So you, you went through the structure, you went through the tax rebate, and we went through now to the basic the deployment mm. of the assets. Having said all that, the simple thing that pops into my mind is why don't I see solar panels on every Roof in Germiston, Boxburg, Kempton, anywhere where there's an industrial site. Why aren't you guys working around the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365? Why not? Well, we actually are. Um, <laughs> so, but the thing is, it's, it's, a, it's a, a very young industry, and right. it all comes down to the cost of electricity. 
So South Africa has very cheap electricity because coal is so cheap to get out of the ground here. Right. So what you found is that you know the the capital cost of the system has meant historically that you were getting ten to twelve year paybacks. And South Africans in particular, when they hear that kind of payback, they're just not interested. They want short-term gains and, you know, they, they want two-year paybacks, which is, is not viable in terms of solar. But having said that, I mean, the cost of electricity has increased hugely over the last it's 10 not, years. It's not the fact that it's increased hugely. It's increased on an ongoing basis. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the financial viability of these projects has really come to the fore in the last you know, five years, really. But it's particularly in the last two years have we seen a, a huge increase in the amount of solar. But to give you an idea, I mean, so, you know, the, the common term is megawatts of, of yes. power installed. So Germany has about 44,000 megawatts. China has 78,000 megawatts. Yeah, so they've got huge infrastructure. Um, South Africa last year had about 1,500 so we are not even close to the, the kind of levels that we are there. But having said that, the CSIR um, made a statement saying that by 2030, we should be sitting at about 18,000 megawatts. Of usage? No, of, of um, capacity, so installed infrastructure in okay. the country. So to put that in rands and cents term, that's about an 8 billion rand a year industry. So it is, it's got huge potential, and it's, it's energy, which is a, a very relevant topic. So... You know, there's going to be a lot of investment in it going forward. And you'll see massive um, expansion in terms of infrastructure around solar. So let's just go back one step. The return on investment of, of 10, 15 years, is that to the initial investor who's looking for that? Is that the, re- the return, you know, under the price earnings ratio, so <laughs> to speak, would be 15 years for him? But that's not really the case because he's getting a tax rebate in year one. And yeah. he's getting, I suppose, dividends from you on an ongoing basis. Correct, yeah. So the return on investment to the 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 tenant or the, the person who's leasing or giving you guys a space and paying you rent, so long as there's an immediate cash benefit to him, who cares how long the return on investment is? Th- that's exactly right. So we take that risk away from them, right. you know, saying, listen, we'll, we'll pay you money for your roof. Um, and from the investor's side, um, you know, if you want to talk around numbers, we're targeting – um, a return of 20% per annum for the, for the five year, because SARS has a five year lock-in period. Right. Um, for an investment into it. So th- when I say 20% per annum, that's the net figure, meaning after all the taxes are paid, all the, the fees are taken from the asset managers and, and everything is said and done, we, we are targeting a 20% per annum return. Okay, so you just looked at me very sternly and said 20% and nodded your head. And <laughs> I appreciate the, Weight of those words mm. Because anybody who's been invested in any fund Over the last two years Would tell you that they wish they had been in money market Which would have given them maybe 6% Correct, Maybe yeah. a little more Depending where you are They would have no volatility Because the last 24 months Have been nothing short of a roller coaster yeah. And a roller coaster going down at a steady space And <laughs> there's no end in sight yep. So to get 20% To get a cash A tax rebate up front mm. To be locked in for five years to get 20%, it's almost too good to be true. I suppose mm. the caveat is that one has to have significant money to be part of this party. Correct. What money are we talking about here? To so our minimum investment at the moment is 250,000 rand. So there's silence in the <laughs> studio because 250,000 rand, and I know to some people that might sound 
like a lot of money, but in investment terms, it's it's an, it's it's an embryo. It's mm. it's it's a tiny amount of money. Anybody with a sizable portfolio could peel off two hundred fifty thousand rand without blinking. Yeah. So the 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 logic is it has to be in. First of all, you're going to get if you're in the forty five percent tax bracket, you will get your forty five percent tax break on Correct. that. You're locked in for five years. Do you guys guarantee the return of twenty percent, or is it an expected return of twenty percent? Okay, so that's that's our minimum return in terms of a fund. We don't have a, a sort of a legal guarantee in place. But, you know, um, that return is calculated based on the contracts that we have in, in existence already. So we've, de- we've raised capital in February. We've deployed assets. And that's the, the sort of conservative view of, of the, f- the return that we get without so leverage. How long have you guys been around? So um, – I know it's more bluntly. How many years of return have you paid investors? Okay. So we actually started the fund in February. Um, because it is, uh, you know, it's a relatively new Fair industry. Um, you raised 10.5 million rand. Correct, yeah. Right. And that's the seed round. We, okay. We're going out again now. Um, we're in the middle of a capital raise at the moment. But to give you an idea of our, our sort of long-term growth, in three to five years, we're expecting to be about a billion rand in equity in the fund. Um, you know, I came in with one expectation. I didn't expect money to be that. I wasn't worried about the capital raised. I was mm. worried about the entry level because often that excludes a huge amount of the population. Mm. But at 250,000 rand, it makes it quite accessible to many, many more people. But let's take a quick break. We need to run to the shops because we have to pay some people's salaries, and we'll be back in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 22 minutes past 12. And in studio with me is Peter Frolik, who's the director of NIH, and he is in studio to discuss, amongst other things, how solar energy has really taken ground. It's sort of, all of a sudden it was planted and seeded, and now it's really starting to grow and develop. But let, let's go back to something that I mentioned a, a while ago. Based on what we've just discussed, that the entry level for investors is really low. Mm. The expected return, even though we haven't had them yet, is really, really healthy. And that's really based on the deployment of capital. Correct. It costs, you know, if you've got a roof that's well engineered, there's almost no reason why you shouldn't be part of this project. Mm. All of a sudden, we've got a win-win situation for everybody. And I've done, I haven't done too much research on your company or anything, but Logic would dictate that this thing should gain traction and that it should start to mushroom. Mm. Um, just a practical question that's come through on the SMS line. Does someone have to reinforce their roof? So, um, the answer is. nice to speak to somebody who's both <laughs> a financial guy and an engineering guy because you're sort of, you're like, you're a one-stop shop when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah, I was actually, I was wearing my safety boots this morning on a roof. So <laughs> yeah, definitely both sides of the, of the pie. So the, the, the answer is yes. Um, generally, roofs are strong enough, um, but as a minimum requirement, we have to have an, a, a structural engineer sign-off before we climb on any roof with a solar panel. But as I say, I mean, we've had one roof where there was an issue, um, but, you know, the, it actually makes sense to strengthen it because the cost of the strengthening is, is actually far less than the, the value of the plant, in, typically. Just another thing that's come mm. through, and I'll summarize it because it's quite long. I think what the person is asking is certain roofs are designed where the light comes through the roof. Mm. So you often see like the, the, the corrugated iron changes to perspex sort of thing, yes, so the light yeah. comes through. How do you guys work around that? Well, the, the nice thing about solar mm-hmm. systems is they're modular. 
Um, a panel is about the size of a door, and you can put that panel pretty much anywhere you like. So um, in roofs where we've got those perspex skylights that go in between, um, you know, every two or three meters you've got a skylight, we just put the panels in between that um, and just take up more space effectively. What happens if, this is not a question, I'm just thinking, you know, mm. what happens if a company approaches you, they, they desperately like the idea, they see the cost savings, and it's, it's a zero, it's a no-brainer for them, so to speak, yeah. but they don't have the roof space as such. Um, is that an imperative for putting in solar? I know it sounds silly, but is there another way yeah. to skin this cat? Okay, so, so let me give you a good example of a client that we did. It was Africrest Properties. They uh, um, approached us and they said they want to do solar on their portfolio. And we went and analyzed 24 of their buildings for them. And we found that only nine of them were actually worth doing solar on. Um, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the kind of roof that we were putting on, the tariff that they pay. Um, you know, one building, um, they were paying 78 cents a kilowatt hour and literally 500 meters down the road was a different building and they were paying two rand and 10. So, you know, and the thing with solar system, they generate kilowatt hours. So the more expensive a kilowatt hour is, the better your return is on your solar system. So, you know, a part of what we do is make sure that um, the solar systems actually are going to work and generate the, the kind of savings that that the installation companies are claiming. That's absolutely fascinating because in mm. that example, you've really just answered the, my next question was, which was, you know, is it really appropriate for everybody? So it's really on a case by case basis. Absolutely. But Peter, am I not right in saying that as the cost of electricity continues on this trajectory, which we are now, and it has to go up simply because number one, we're lagging behind the rest of the world. Number two, we're putting in huge infrastructure mm. in order to keep up with demand. Third of all, what a lot of people don't know is the reason we st- we have capacity is because we've lost a lot of use. A lot of smelters are shut down. People mm. are using this. There's alternatives coming in. Um, so, you know, the moment there is capacity, we might pull those companies back in. So there's always going to be a demand, um, which means the price will tick up. Yes. So is it not worthwhile, even for a marginal job, to look at putting it in in order to make sure that when that break-even point is reached, they have the infrastructure in. Yeah, so it, it comes down to the affordability at the end of the day of, of, the, of the client. So, so I've just answered my own question. Yeah. Thank you for that because the logic is if they're not having the cost saving, then it's a capital loss project because they have still have to pay the rental. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah so, so and also, you know, we do um, extensive credit checks on our clients, you know, because our, our biggest risk to our investors is that um, we get a default on a, a rental payment. So, you know, we, we do extensive credit checks around that. And, you know, we also want to make it um, attractive for our clients. You know, you don't want to be paying in rent just to say that you've got solar panels on you. If you actually want to be making a bit of money. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, we, we want to create products that actually work for our, our clients. And that's that comes down to proper analysis of the electricity needs, um, understanding their tariffs, understanding, um, you know, what kind of business they are when they operate. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, oh, put solar on your roof. But what happens when you go, um, you know, you shut for the weekend or it's in December and everyone's away? Or you run um, one and a half shifts, but your full shift is during the night time. Correct. Yeah, so we, we factor in all of these things into our understanding of the client. So we can actually create a, um, a, 
a unique product for them that fits their needs. You know, the most, uh, you know, obviously it's new in South Africa still, but I don't know if you've been to Woodmead Macro in Woodmead. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know <laughs> if that's your project or not. No, it isn't, but we, we're very aware of it because I think everyone talks about it. <laughs> but that is nothing short of ingenious. The mm. parking spaces are there. Yeah. You and I, all three of us in the studio want shade when we park our cars. It's like, it's a no-brainer. Mm. Um, but, and there you've got a huge warehouse that houses the store that burns huge amount of power just to light it, just to cool it, just to heat it, yeah. run refrigerators. It's, it's, a, it's, it's almost a, just a logical step in the sequence. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a great example of, of pretty much what we do. Um, I know that the, the company that installed that system actually sells the power to, to Macro. So Macro didn't pay any money for that plant. So it's a very similar kind of model. Uh, their model is a power purchase agreement, which we can also do, but we prefer the rental because people understand it a lot better. We said in the very beginning of the show that we are that your model is generating electricity and using it. If you're not generating mm-hmm. it, then we come in to, you know, we go to back to mains electricity, so yes. to speak. Unpack the idea for me of storing electricity, um, you know, because that, that's a logic of, and everybody has UPS. Not a lot of people have UPSs, so that, you know, the, the simplest place a UPS is used is in your modem, mm. so that you've constant, you've got constant Wi-Fi. Yeah. God forbid you shouldn't have Wi-Fi at home for more than three <laughs> and a half seconds. It's a case for children yeah. going to childline and wives <laughs> walking out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, in a company like that, doesn't it make sense that? You know, when we're not using, we can store. Or is it a cost um, analysis that's just too expensive? Yeah, it definitely makes sense from a um, you know a, f- a future viability point of view. Um, but again, it comes down to the the cost of storing that energy. You know, so I'll, I'll give you an example because a lot of people don't really understand how um, you know solar works and storage works for that matter. So, you know, people tend to understand water a lot better. So I'm going to uh, do a little bit of an analogy here um, using water. So imagine you've got your municipal water coming into your house and, you know, it supplies everything, your taps, your baths, your basins, etc. So what we do is we come and we sink a borehole into in, in the ground and we tee that um, borehole into the mains of your you know, we just connect it in, and we start pumping water through that that borehole system. Now, when you turn on your tap, you don't know whether you're using borehole water or mains water. To you, it's just water, and you actually don't really care, to be honest with you. Um, but the more we pump, the more of your house uses borehole water rather than municipal water, and it can even get to the point where you actually start pushing water back into the municipality, which is actually technically illegal, which is why we we limit it as such. But with a, a, a grid tie system, our borehole only works during the day. Right. Okay. So, you know, when the sun goes down, the borehole switches off. When the mains power, uh, when the mains water turns off, um, there's not enough strength in the borehole to actually, you know, give enough pressure to all the taps. So it also switches off. So this is where you, you come into storage. And how do you store water? In a tank. So what what batteries are is a big tank of water sitting on your roof that can give pressure to your whole building when there's a power failure. Or at night when the sun's not shining, it can supply the water. So we do exactly the same thing. You just change water to electricity. So we tee in our electricity. If we want to store it, we put in a battery. And the the idea is to shift the load um, from 
the daytime uh, when perhaps it's not being used to nighttime when it is being used. Um, something else that's just come through is that people want to know is that is this something that people can basically look at as a cash generating exercise? In other words, if we go along this way, we've got a healthy balance sheet, our income statement shows that we've got cash flow to pay the rental, yeah. regardless of whether we're giving money back or not. But if I come to you and say to you, do the analysis, I'm only going to do this if I can put money in my pocket every month. Is that something that you guys are looking yeah, at? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's our, our main goal of the uh, of the fund. So uh, I want to take you through being a corporate investor because right. we have spoken quite a bit about individual investors, but corporate investors can also invest into the fund with the same 250,000 rand minimum. So let's say you own a building um, and you know you use maybe you've got 100,000 rand uh, a month electricity bill and you want to put solar on your roof. What you can do is you approach us, you say, right, um, I've got this building, let me know what the, the solar component is. We then do our full analysis um, and, you know, assuming that it's viable for solar, we install the plant and you, and you start paying rent. Now, where you, you make your, your cash up front is that there's no capital outlay, but because your savings are greater than your rental, you're making a little bit of, of um, slash on the side. Slash on the side. And we can actually structure that if you're a, a property owner particularly to enhance your yield of your property. Fair enough. Um, so, you know, you can start, um, generating income on day one from that system. What you can also do as a, as a corporate is invest, uh, you know, let's say the, the solar system costs you three million rand. Instead of buying that cash up front, you can actually invest that three million rand in the fund. So it's as if you're buying a solar system, but you're getting the tax break. You're getting, you know, we are a level one BEE company, so you're getting 70% of that investment as BEE spent. And the rental contract that you, you sign on the other side of the, the deal um, gives you 125% towards your BEE spend as well. So, you know, there's a there's a very nice sort of um, link. You know, if you're a company and you can afford to put solar on your roof, rather use our mechanism because... It gives you the BE, it gives you the tax break, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not your system, so who cares if it breaks? Correct. I'm just thinking from a practical day-to-day use. Yeah. I'll I, I tell you where I am thinking, you know, um, I don't know if you know the area where we are now, but yeah. Louis Berta, all the way from what what they're looking to do is to have a mixed-use area where you have higher and lower income areas, you know, close together, together which the logic is that those who really work should be live close to where they work, yeah. and that is one of those Gini coefficient um, issues that we have in South Africa. Is that you know I've got a lady who cleans our office who comes from Orange Farm every day. I mean the lady's up at four o'clock, yeah. spends an hour and a half in taxis to come to my office, and then somebody has the audacity to tell her that she's late at ten past seven. Yeah, you know it's like insane. <laughs> but if she could live here and she could take a stroll. To walk, to work, and walk for 20 minutes to, to Houghton. That would be absolutely ideal. Yeah. And that's what they're looking to do. And um, a lot of buildings are going up. <clears throat> a lot of stuff's being renovated. A lot of innovative projects are being done, container buildings, etc., etc. Do you guys have a, pl- a role to play in that? And I'm not talking from a fuzzy feeling, you know, adding. Yeah. We're, we're talking yeah. about a pure economic value. Someone's earning a little, a, a meager salary. They're trying to live closer to where they work. If we can bring the cost of heating their unit, their, their residential area, their water, everything down, 
then it just puts more money in their pocket. Yeah. Would you guys play in that space? Yeah, so where it, it comes down to the amount of electricity used yes. um, and economies of scale. So one of the reasons why we don't focus on residential specifically is it's a, a very expensive to install um, a, a small system because, you know, your electrician is still going to charge the same amount whether he's installing a 2-kilowatt system or a 30-kilowatt system. But if you're talking about yeah. an entire bowl, I'm not talking about yeah. individual Okay, so, so where I was going with that is is we've actually done projects on sectional titles. Right. Um, so um, the one we did was in Kalani, um, where we actually had a hybrid system where they, they installed a um, solar system on the roof plus a, a heat pump for their hot water in the basement. And, you know, they they saving about, I mean, that particular block of flats is saving about 12 grand a month from day one. Um, do you know what that is as a percentage overall spend? Um, percentage overall spend, that's about 30% of the, the municipal account. Look, you know, they, they do have a, um, a, a rental payment that is due, which makes up about half of the savings that they generate, but Big still, deal. they're getting money in at the end of the day. And that's, a, and it's a, there we go. So there's the, the hybrid, so to speak, yeah. between, Commercial and residential. Yes. Because it is a sectional title, which means it's a pooling together of multiple units. Yeah. Um, often the electricity is either paid by the body corporate, or if not, it's divided up by each individual use. Yeah. But if there's one source of it coming in, then you guys can get involved. Correct, yeah. And it has to be sort of, I mean, when I say sectional title, I mean, you can get sectional titles with six um, little flats. That that doesn't really make sense. I mean, that particular block of flats has um, 40 units, and I think each one is about 150 square meters. So they, they it's quite substantial in terms of the amount of electricity that they use. And I don't think that's a big block in Kalani. I think a lot no, of blocks in Kalani are a lot bigger than yeah, that. They are. Great. <laughs> okay. We're about 30 seconds early for a break, but let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back. Back with you in a moment. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9. Right. You didn't like the idea, Peter. No, it's, um, it's awesome. They've also got a very nice big roof that we want to put solar on. <laughs> <laughs> and Faya, that roof on the top there, um, you know, the, the, the Jewish community has a major event run by the Chief Rabbi every year. Mm. And we used to have it on the soccer field over here. And it's towards the end of the year. And it's a great vibe. And I'll never forget standing there and watching the spotlights and seeing the rain coming down until I realized I'm standing in that rain and I'm drenched through. So that's all been moved to that roof. Mm. So it's, it's a huge undercover area and it's a great, it's a great area. One thing I, d- I do want to mention to you, I remember when the stock exchange building went up, I just gave him my, my age away. Yeah. That I remember sitting in a geography class in high school. And the geography teacher explained to us the amount of geography that went into that building because the double-decker runs on the side of it. And at certain times of the day, if the reflection is such that they blind people for 15 minutes, we're going to have cars coming off the double-decker. I've often thought about solar being the same thing because there's a big solar farm, I think by CSIR or something on the other side of Pretoria. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I drive past it and it's – it's benign. It's there, but it has no reflection. How do you get involved in such a way that you put this project up, but you don't cause Mrs. Cohen across the road to be blinded every day between 4 and 4.30 p.m.? Yeah, so the, the, the big thing with solar panels is that they're actually not designed to reflect light at all. 
Because they want to absorb as much energy as possible. Just a two-minute intro that you just destroyed in three <laughs> seconds. No, but it's actually we get asked it quite often. Um, and the other thing is that that the sun is generally overhead, and what we want to try and do is make the panels um, face the sun as best as possible, because then we get the most energy out of them. So if you've got these strange obtuse angles that reflect, uh, you know, into where we're living, it actually is, isn't very efficient. So we we spend a lot of time designing these systems correctly to make sure that, you know, they're absorbing as much energy as possible, which means that they're not really reflecting light into places that are, are unwanted. One thing I notice on that plant that I see wherever it is in Pretoria that it's a dynamic system. Mm. It's on a pivot and it tends to move and that. Are the systems static that you install? Yeah, so um, you know, this talks quite a lot around the technology that we're using. So we we have static systems for one main reason is that moving parts need a lot more service and maintenance than non-moving parts. And the only thing that moves in our entire solar system is a little fan in the inverter, and the inverter changes um, electricity from the panels to electricity that comes out of your plug. Just a, a, maybe a, a, a funny question, but um, I was introduced last year to a chap in Israel, and the reason I was introducing because his wife's ex-South African. Yeah. But he's made a fortune in maximi- or developing a component that maximizes the energy coming out of the panels going into storage. Yeah. Is there any Israeli technology in anything that you use? Yes, absolutely. So our key component, which being our inverters, is an Israeli product. It's called Solar Edge. And as far as we're concerned, I mean, I, I, a lot of people ask, you know, you know, if I, if you rent a, a, a printer or any, if you rent anything, surely you're getting the sort of lowest quality, cheapest thing that you can find. And, and our answer is simply no, it isn't. Um, we consider Solar Edge as the best technology in the world. And yes, it is slightly more expensive, but we'd much rather spend that additional capital in investing something that works. I mean, it's just the most amazing product, actually. Um, and for coming from an engineer, to amaze an engineer <laughs> takes a lot, and and that's why we use it. It's also, you know, the, the you can monitor every single panel. You know, it sends you an email when a panel stops working. You know, it's just it's really on a whole other level. Oh, just imagine they've got pre- pedigree of technology. They've had it for years and years. So, yeah. and they're not coming up with new things. Um, you know, just to on 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 the same um, vein, I, I heard it. I read it. Interesting. It was a cute story about. A very, very successful farmer, a wheat farmer, who every year would distribute seed to all his neighbors. Yeah. And, um, his, his, us, his, what's it called? His harvest was always phenomenal. And, and someone turned and said to him, we don't understand your business logic. You're giving your competitors, you're giving your neighbors the same quality seed as you planting. Surely you want to give them rubbish so that your crop will be that much better. He said, well, you don't obviously understand anything about farming. Farming's orders about pollination. If my neighbors have poor quality crop, they're going to cross-pollinate with my crop and they're going to contaminate it. By keeping everybody's healthy, I stand to benefit more by helping them than I would by ignoring them. And it's the same thing over here. You know, the better the quality of the technology, everybody wins. Hmm. Absolutely. And, and the other thing that we've done, you know, talking to your example, is that um, we need people to install these solar systems because we buy them and rent them. And we've actually, um, you know, we, we do have a technical partner who, who is in installation business, but anyone can 
can approach us with a, a project and, you know, provided that they meet our technical specifications being using the right technology, um, that they actually have a track record, um, they can uh, use our funding to finance their, their clients, which is quite attractive because, you know, um, we, we feel that, that closing it off just to us as an installer is, is really silly because we're not going to get to scale. And there's so much opportunity out there that, you know, anyone who's a legitimate EPC can come to us and, and bring their clients and, and get the installations done. Let's talk about altruistic BE. In other words, what it, what it was meant to be and in a way what some of it has become, mm. which is really to right the wrongs of the past, give those without advantage, advantage, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Is this not a perfect opportunity for youngsters to approach you guys and say, we are physically healthy. We want to get involved in this te- technology. We don't really know the working side of a spanner from a screwdriver, yeah. but we're able-bodied and we're here. Is there a way of training these guys so that they can fit into your system going forward? Absolutely. Um, you know, what we would probably do is talk to our, and I use the word EPC a lot. It's basically installer companies network and we can, we can, you know, give these contact details to people. Um, you know, it's, we really feel that this is, is going to be such a huge industry and it's going to make many, many jobs. Um, you know, perhaps not directly in the business with us because, you know, financiers tend to be quite light in terms of labor. But, you know, there have to be people on the roof installing these things all the time. But it's a multifaceted business. Absolutely. The one side is the capital. And yeah. now I don't want it top heavy. I want the mm. smartest brains, the cleverest people to make sure that's deployed correctly. Yeah. On the other hand, these things can't be installed by, you know, remote control. Correct. I've got to have yeah. a guy to take it off the truck. I've got to have a guy to carry it up the ladder and put it on the roof. And if that guy yesterday had no skill and no employment and he can go home and say, I can actually have a future because this is a, a, a need that is almost unstoppable. Yeah. And I can perfect my skill here. All of a sudden you have added tremendous value to the economy. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's our intention is to, you know, we, we want to grow this thing. I mean, we obviously want to earn an income ourselves. Um, but you know, it's it, the fact that solar panels are green themselves is a big tick in my life. You know, um, every time I put a solar panel up, I'm making my children's future that much better. But, you know, there's also the social aspect that, you know, every job that I do, um, means that, you know, somebody's got employment for the month or two that it takes. Yeah, which is, is critical. And, you know, we want to keep on doing as many jobs as we can until there's literally nothing left in the country. And by then we'll be on to the next big thing, which is probably water. You'll, you'll so. be, you're installing <laughs> version two on version one. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing you said there, and, and you almost said it, um, apologetically that you want to also make a bit of money yourselves. Yeah. That's going to be at the forefront. I don't want to invest in a company that's not profitable. Yeah. I don't want to get involved with people that are not running a healthy company. The healthier company are is the the, the 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 more promising its future, the more security you give everybody that works around you. Absolutely. If you're yeah. running this thing on a shoestring, you know it takes one break and the whole thing goes to pieces. Yeah. So the fact that it's running and it's profitable and it's making its shareholders wealthy, it's making its directors healthy, that's the model we need. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's the that's the approach that we've taken. I mean, we have been sort of um, quite conservative in our costing. Um, up front because we want to grow this and get this thing to scale as quickly as possible. So, you know, we, we are surviving of other income streams for now, 
But, you know, the, the point is that we want to create a product that investors are happy in. You know, they look at us, we, we trying to communicate as often as possible. You know, we come out with quarterly reports for our investors. We, you know, and if we say 20%, we actually want to deliver 20%. We don't want to turn around and say, oh, yeah, well, we got to 15 and I hope you're happy because they won't be. You know, we want to actually, uh, you know, perhaps leverage this thing down the line and get up to, you know, 25, 27%, you know, even higher. And that's real return. That's not leveraging. Well, to put it simply, that's not a pyramid scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. In other words, you're no. paying out <laughs> dividends from cash coming in. It's, it's, on, it's on direct profits. Mm. Um, we, we nearly uh, got time. We're really wrapping up. What I wanted to do, please, before you leave, is if anybody's been listening that's either involved in commercial or, or um, industrial property, someone who's a developer, yeah. someone who knows somebody, um, let's just summarize the type of projects that you feel are viable. How do people get a hold of you? What they need to bring to the table, et cetera, et cetera, both as an investor and as a property owner or manager. Okay, well, let me start with the contact details because that's, I'll say it a few times before we <laughs> finish, but the, the easiest thing to do is go onto our website, which is www.nesaih.co.za. So N-E-S-A-I-H.co.za. We do have another website which is quite handy, which is solarfund.co.za, but, you know, it's not our company name directly. Um, so that's nessaih.co.za. And there, there's um, all the contact details, there's information on how to invest, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so... Who should be approaching you? So from the investor side, high net worth individuals with a tax problem, That's those are the best people to talk to. I think they're synonymous, those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, companies who want um, also have a tax problem or uh, want to get involved with, you know, obviously generating BE spend. Um, and, you know, uh, from the um, deployment side, so people who need solar panels, you're looking at guys who own uh, property portfolios, uh, shopping centers, uh, factories, that sort of thing. And, and typically, um, you know, we will assess the roof, um, but, you know, somebody with a nice big roof, electricity bill, normally about 30,000 rand a, a month or more. At what cost per kilowatt uh, is your break even? Uh, yeah, about one rand a kilowatt hour okay. is, is roughly our break. It, it really depends on the site, but you know, it's always useful to sort of um, cull out the ones that aren't worthwhile. Yes, early because on. then you don't waste your time and you don't waste their time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, and ultimately, the the best person that we can find is somebody who wants to invest in the fund and deploy the solar asset on their roof. Because as you explained previously, they get advantages of being in both. Correct. There's yeah. no capital out. There's, there's, there's investment, but no capital outlay, so yeah. to speak. They're sort of do, using their own money and getting the tax breaks on every side. Yes. Yeah. Great. From your side, I mean, you guys are involved in asset management. In other words, the, the, the managing of the cash when it comes in. You're involved in the deployment of cash, the actual um, physical construction of putting up the panels and managing it from there. Um, you've mentioned that you've sourced sort of the best product from around the world. Absolutely. How yeah. much of the product is actually manufactured here? Okay, so it, it does depend on the installation company, um, but uh, the mounting structure is mostly made because you've got to put the panel onto a roof somehow. So, um, you know, the, we, we source locally manufactured mounting structure. Um, it, there are, there's one company that I know of that manufactures panels locally, 
um, unfortunately they're not tier one, meaning, you know, they're not guaranteed by the world's banks and that kind of thing, which it, it makes it difficult for us to, to, you know, sign a 10 year rental agreement. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's really on a case by case basis. Yeah. Do me a favor, please just give out your, your phone number for your office. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will get it for you now. Um, but yeah, again, the, the phone number is on the website. On the website. Which is okay. www. So Peter, not, not, not to have to worry about that. And the reason I was asking is because someone's asking it for there, for you there. Um, so what we can do is let's quickly just repeat the websites. It's yeah. nesaih.co.za. Yeah. Um, and that's the ideal website because everything's there. Otherwise, if you, Driving and you can't write it down. Just remember Solar Fund because it's solar, but it's also an investment fund. So solarfund.co.za and go there. But if all else fails, you can always just go into my web, my Facebook page. Michelle will post all the information there. It'll be there. The number is? It's, um, O double one. Right. Three two six. Right. Three nine zero three. Fantastic. We out of time. As I said to you in the beginning of the show, time goes really quickly. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. And please can we make sure that we have another interview, let's say six months, nine months time or as when you're ready. Because really what I want to do is see where we're going. And not because I'm an investor in your company, but what I like about it is that you've got this whole BE thing right in the fact that it's benefiting people on the ground. Mm. And number two, it's a no-brainer. And the more solar that comes in, the less pressure on the grid, the less pressure on the grid, the more economy can grow, more people can come in. It's just a win-win situation. Mm. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Michelle, for producing. Thank you for controlling. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you.